Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. Today, I am joined by Andy Bulazak. He is a all-around cool dude. He is a PGA professional. He's the owner of Greenside Experiences, and he's a sales director at Signature Golf. Um, Andy is a golf guy through and through, self-proclaimed, and he just gets we get just get to talk about the business side of golf and and how many opportunities and specifically the three things he does, um, but really what it is and how he does it and how long he's been doing and what he's known for. And it's, it's really cool just to hear like what actually a PGA professional does. We all think it's the person that, you know, Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods know um, there's 28 other thousand people that do something in the business side of golf. So he really goes into explaining that and, and everything it's about. So I hope you guys really enjoy this conversation with Andy and myself. You are. You're, you're a good guy. I like to call you a friend today. I have Andy Bolazak on, regional sales director at Signature Golf, owner of Greenside Experiences, PGA professional, and soon-to-be dad. Thanks for hanging out, Andy. Thanks for having me. Let's no. party. It, yeah, dude, let's party. Let's hang out. Oh, man, I don't have any Bud Light, but um, if I did, I'd crack one say, open right I, now. Wish I had a drink right now, but hey. We'll, we'll get through it. We'll get through it. I think we're we're both pretty good at talking. I'm I'm pretty confident. Um, Andy and I met each other. What probably I don't know. When did you join that never group? About five six months ago now. I don't even think it was that long ago. Maybe in, yeah, maybe maybe September. I was gonna say year, September, like right? And yeah. like I think tomorrow or in two days is February already somehow. So yeah, man, time time flies. I don't even. I'm surprised I even know what day it is. <laughs> It's, I'll let you know. I look at my phone. Honestly, if it wasn't for my phone, I wouldn't know what day it is anyway. So it, it is what it is. But Andy, I really appreciate you hanging out. You're a pretty cool guy. You got some cool stories. And I'm excited to, to, to pry a couple out of you. But the first question I have for everybody is where does your love of sports come from? Mm. Um, I grew up in kind of a sports family. If you, I grew up in upstate New York. So um, you know, now obviously we're in New Jersey, but um, where I grew up was a very big hockey area, um, group in Binghamton, New York. And so we had AHL teams, like, you know, semi-professional hockey teams. It's a small town. So like, it was like a big, you know, big to do. Uh-huh. Like you went, you went to like the, you know, the Binghamton Senators games and it was like a big thing. So I grew up in a family where like I was on skate, um, almost as soon as I could walk. Um, so always just playing sports always just keeping active and in where i grew up we had big we had a huge backyard with a big hill and a bunch of trees and like woods and stuff so me and my friends would go out and you know just always outside always doing something always being active always playing outside so uh i guess you could say we're millennials so um when we grew up we had internet but like it was that dial-up yeah baloney so you know uh now you had to you had to be outside doing stuff. I didn't have much else I could do. So I think a little combination of the two things, and then next thing you know, it's you know sports became a big part of my life. And then um, then I got into golf a little bit later on, and and that's kind of where I took my career. So yeah, man. Uh, always always playing something, doing something. 
I, I, uh, I, we're only a few years apart and, um, yeah, I mean, dial up internet, that, that stuff was crazy. I can't believe we actually used it. It was nuts. Like thinking now, if I don't get something, if I don't pull down my phone screen and it, it doesn't immediately refresh, I'm already angry, like immediately. Yep. It's really sad. Or like, uh, you know, as we were talking about, I just bought a house and like uh, the electrician comes in once in a while and I don't even know what he's doing, honestly, but he's like, I turned the power off and I'm like, what do I do? Like, <laughs> I'm just like, so useless. It's, yep. it's really bad. It's like really bad. And it's true. I can still remember that dial up like noise. Oh my God. Yeah. That's ingrained. That's Absolutely. Like ingrained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I will oh, never, so I'll never forget that sound. And it, it is what it is. Um, you know, thankfully we're here now where internet speeds are good. 5g is coming soon. Apparently where instantaneous is actually a possibility. So, you know, I'm cool, man. Imagine trying to do this call uh with dial-up no i actually cannot never happen it wouldn't work exactly awful for listeners right (laughs) awful for listeners awful awful for me and you i mean we wouldn't even have been set up at this point yet it's it's terrible but no man i'm I'm very grateful (laughs) yeah yeah right i'm very grateful for the internet and the things that we can do with it um it let me have have the career i have and i'm sure it's helped you with yours as well I, i always ask people like if i'm in like a professional setting and i've grown a nice rapport with somebody i always ask them like what was it like before email because i get i don't know 50 email a day sometimes depending on you know what i'm working on and how did you do anything before that is insane i wonder that too actually yeah you know like uh, my dad's actually at my house right now because we we're laying down floors and that's actually what i was doing before i got on the phone here um but you know he, he ran a whole business for 20 years and he couldn't god bless him i mean hopefully he can't hear me right now but he couldn't even open up an email um and uh, yeah, it's just, I guess it was all just like, I always think about like, like email and like cell phones and everything else. Like, okay. So here's the thing. So I'm a golf guy, right? So if you go to the masters, uh, masters is the only golf event where you cannot bring your phone in. And that boggles my mind because like, you know, like you always hear stories. You're like, Oh, if I'm, so if I'm meeting you at the masters, like I would be like, okay, I'm going to meet you by the tree behind 12 green at 1 p.m. And if you're not there by 1.15, like, have a good time. Like, and it's just like, so that's like one of those only instances where like you don't have email, you don't have cell phone, you don't have anything. And it's like, I, I don't, couldn't imagine like your whole life being like that. And like, how was business done? Like how, right. uh, if I wasn't at my desk with my cell, with my cell phone, with my like office phone, how would I make a sale? How, yeah. would, how would anything happen? I, I guess everything just happened much slower. And I assume yeah. that with emails, but if you didn't have email, that's a great question. Because if you didn't have emails, everything so, would have to be done on the phone. Or that's what I mean. In it's insane. Like, yeah. I don't know how they did it. Um, as you say, God bless them. I don't know. I mean, more power to them, but I'm, I'm very, again, very grateful we have the internet and the things that we do because I feel like it makes life a lot easier. Uh, a lot less mess ups too. If everything's in writing, man, it's hard to screw that up. You know, I can take notes and I take good notes, but not, I mean, I'm sure I've misstepped once or twice uh, along the way. Um, so you brought it up a couple of oh, yeah. times and I'm definitely excited to talk about it a little bit more. You are a, a self-proclaimed golf guy. It sounds like. Um, and you are a PGA pro, 
kind of cool. You work with two other golf companies. You're the owner of Greenside Experiences, which isn't just golf, but I know it's involved. And then you're a sales director at Signature Golf, which is is mostly golf travel. I kind of want to take this, I guess, in chronological order. So I want to start with becoming a PG golf, PGA golf pro. Um, the first time I heard that, to me, that was like, oh, that's a guy that plays on the tour. And then I found out that's not quite what it means. So if you don't mind educating everybody else, because yeah. I needed that uh, that crash course once as well. What exactly is a PGA uh, pro? It's a great, it's a great question because it it confuses a lot of people. So essentially, there's there's two there's there's basically two ways to be a pro. There's a playing pro where you are on tours, and that doesn't necessarily mean the PGA tour. That could just mean anything a mini tour, you know, anything where you're actually out there playing for money. Um, and then there's being a member of the PGA of America. The P- member of the PGA of America is you're more in the business of golf. So the way I always differentiate it is there's playing pros and then there's country club professionals. Um, and that's kind of the more realm I'm in. So if you're a PGA of America uh, member, you're, Essentially, you're a member of, it's considered the Professional Golf Association of America, but it's, we call ourselves like the business of golf. So we're the professionals of the business of golf. So golf is one of the few sports where there truly is an enormous business that goes along with it. You know, if you're, and not to bash anybody who's, a, I'm using this as an example, but if you're a aspiring bowling professional and you want to go on the professional bowling tour, if you don't make it, then you know, I'm sure there is a business there, but it's not like you can make, you know, there's probably not a lot of opportunities. Whereas a PGA of America member, there's, I think there's 28,000 of us. Uh, it's a wow. huge organization. So essentially what we do is we are, the, the main premise of our job is to grow the game of golf along with, um, typically that means working at country clubs, teaching the game, running golf events, um, there's, I think, tw- over 20 different classification of PGA members, the most common being a head golf professional or an assistant golf professional. So if you were a member at the nearby country club, um, there's going to be a, a staff of professional uh, golfers who are running the events, running the golf shop, uh, taking care of all the member baloney um, and uh, teaching the game. And there's, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Club repair, selling clubs. Uh, club fitting then you can get into the sales rep sides of things so there's a lot of ways to do it but it's essentially now you're in the actual business of golf as opposed to playing however you are still a professional so you can play for money but it's on a more central scale so the pga of america has their own tours um me being new jersey we have the new jersey pga there's different pga chapters and you would actually, so I could go play in the New Jersey PGA event and work your way up. Um, for those people who do know golf, they know there's four majors. And one of the majors is the PGA Championship. That is run by the PGA of America. So my organization, I'm a member of, actually runs that organization. The PGA Tour is actually a separate organization, but they all kind of work hand in hand. So think of it as more as you're in the business of golf. However, you do still need to be a good player. Yeah. Um, you, you yeah. can't <laughs> you can't suck <laughs> you, you know it's like anything you can't say you're a professional at something and, and not be good at it yeah um uh well you can technically but it's, it's not a very good look um but 
the way it kind of uh, operates is you have to go through, it's kind of like getting your master's actually. You have to do, there's like three levels of education. You have to go to Florida, do a bunch of seminars. You have to uh, pass a playing test. You actually have to pass a test that's proving that you are a qualified enough golfer to be considered a PGA member. And once you get it, it took me about four years. It takes most people anywhere from four to eight years to get it. Uh, and then once you get it, you have to maintain like points and, and uh, go to meetings and, and keep up with your education and everything. Uh, since I was a pro for many years at country clubs, I have now switched as we alluded to, to um, the sales side of things. So now I work for signature golf, which is a golf travel company. Um, so now basically my classification just changed. Mm-hmm. So it is, you are a professional. Um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a joke, uh, between like my wife and like her friends are always like, well, you know, well, I'm very too professional. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, te- technically, hey, technically, I can't are. say it. I can't say it, yeah. man. That's awesome. And but thank you. It's yeah. Tough. Yeah. It's pretty it's cool. A business. It's a tough business. So you work, uh, you work, you know, you work at a country club, you work a lot of hours. Here. Oh yeah. Weekends, holidays. Uh, when I was a club pro working at, you know, high end country club, I was working 80, 90 hours a week in the summer. And, uh, it's, it's a, it's a tough, uh, it's a tough one. And you still got to keep up your level of playing and people think like, Oh, you must just play all the time. You never play. No. Not really. Yeah, absolutely. You watch, a, you watch a lot of people play. You yourself don't play that often, so it's it's a it's an interesting business for sure. It's definitely it's it's. I've never been a huge golf fan. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I watch everything, but I do watch the four majors. You know, obviously Sunday yeah. at the Masters, oh, yeah. nothing like it, right? Um, wow. And it's it's just one of those things where I pay attention to all sports. I don't really care what it is. I'm paying attention in some capacity. My grandfather is big into golf. My brother plays all the time. My dad loves it. So it's always something that's been around the family. Um, and I, I think it just it, you did a really great job at explaining like you're a professional on the business side of golf because as you said you know again no offense to someone that's bowling but where it's not nearly as extensive right like there's so much that you can do within golf and not just you know play on the pga tour or the web.com or what is it corn fairy tour now whatever it is and you know understanding all the aspects around it because as we know there's a lot of money in golf Uh, there is a lot of money there so you want to have those professionals like yourself that hey you're actually pretty good at the game i'm sure you know i don't know exactly what your handicap is we can get to that but you know it's one of those things where you have to be pretty good at the game you have to talk it you have to know it you have to walk it as you said help with everything from the club shop to this that and the other thing you also have to understand the business side and what all that means and understand the amount of money yeah. that goes into it um you know i've been to uh wingfoot probably a dozen times now the place is incredible I have, yep. the, the head golf pro there is just insane. Like how much work that that guy has to do. And then the people underneath him, like the, the caddy master, whatever that guy, I've seen that guy more than anybody. We've gotten there at five right. o'clock in the morning and he's already on his like his third cup of coffee. So it's like, right. what's oh, going yeah. on, it's man? Tough. It's insane. And, and the head pro and, and what we do as PGA members essentially in that role is you're the one running the entire golf, golf operation. And at a place of that magnitude, any, and I mean, it could go anywhere from the highest end private club to uh, a daily fee public place. I mean, you go to a public place around here and it's bumping, you know, on the weekends and yeah. the weather's nice. I mean, there's somebody has to run that operation. And I think that's where it gets lost where people just assume that it's just 
it's just happening. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, no, there's, there's a staff of people yeah. that do that. So, you know, a head pro essentially is, is the one on top of that. And not only that, if you work at a private club, typically private clubs are owned by the members. So a member owned country club, you could have 500 bosses because essentially they're the ones paying you. So not only do you have to run the golf operation, you also have 500 bosses who you need to keep track of and you need to, it's a, there's a lot of politics involved mm-hmm. too. I mean, it's not just, I was a pro for five years at Sleepy Hollow Country Club, um, which is right near Wingfoot in Westchester. And that's a very high end private country club. And uh, I mean, you can't, you gotta, you gotta really have the ability to talk and, and put on a smile and, and no matter how crazy it is, you gotta just reel it in. And it's, it's a, it teaches you a lot. I mean, you, you learn how to talk. I could talk to anybody at this point. I could talk to the meanest guy. I could talk to the happiest guy. You just learn to make everybody feel, uh, you know, good. And I, I think mm-hmm. it helped me when I got into the sales side of thing a lot too. Cause it's, it's not, it's not as easy. And trust me, when I got into it, I thought it was going to be great. I'm going to like be hanging out in the country club. I'm going to play golf all day. This is going to be the greatest. I am a genius for taking up this career. And that, that was not so much the case, but you know, it was fun. When I did it, I did it when I was younger and you know, you mean, you meet tons of celebrities, you get a lot of perks. I mean, you're working for people who typically have money and they're in their higher ranking in their field. And especially where we live outside of New York city, you get a lot of people who can, and they like you, they love the golf mm-hmm. at, at country clubs. You are the man and you are, they think of you. I always describe it as when they come into a country club, they're there to get away. They're there. They're not there to work. They're not there to, you know, worry about their likes problems. They're there to play golf, have a drink, have a cigar. So when they see you, they think of like immediately happy things. So like I could go out now and run into a member that I used to have and they're like, Oh, Andy, it's so good to see you. Because like, they don't associate you with like crappy work stuff. They think of you as like, Oh, like remember that time when I was like half in the bag and you were playing golf and like, you know, it's, it's a different, it's a different thing. And, and, not, and to not throw a wrench into it, but not only that, you know, you said you've been at Wingfoot. Were you there for outings, like uh, yeah. charity events? Yeah, 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 charity events. That's the other. That's another whole bird with the business. You're not only doing what you're doing with your members and what the play that's happening on a daily basis. You also have outside events too. So yeah. it's, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a it's a big business. And I, after a while, I was like, man, I kind of want to like have kids, and I kind of want to like. <laughs> be around you know be kind of so nice i made a transition yeah yeah it's oh, yeah. it's it's cool though man i mean it's definitely you know you're you you seem grateful that you had the opportunity and you did it i mean you had the opportunity you worked for it and you got it um and it's just a very it's a very interesting lifestyle and again i think a lot of people have the perception that oh yeah you yeah. just like hang out and play golf all day like you're a golf pro so people probably are just like hey andy you want to go shoot and you're probably like yeah let's go let me teach you a thing or two so but i i mean understanding now especially at the private places as you described like having 500 bosses you essentially run the business you have 500 bosses but they're just there to get away they're not there to do work right so they pretty much pile everything on top of you and um you make a great point It, it allows you to appease a lot of people um and the politics i can only imagine what politics is like with that many extremely rich people um i don't even yeah actually maybe i do do you have a good story just no names no names maybe initials no names but no um it's definitely it's it's a weird story i have stories that would make me uh sorry look bad but <laughs> all right well, 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 well we're good we're good we're good there's, then there's a lot of there's a lot of good stories and it's it, 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 it's just a very very interesting i always said and i i 
I still think this, that I should have written, somebody should write a book, like an anonymous book about stories from golf professionals at country clubs where everything's just anonymous because yes, me amongst my friends who are in this business, we talk, we just have all these stories and we're like, it's bad. We could throw so many people. <laughs> we really want to do it. It's really interesting. There's actually a show, there's a show on Amazon called Red Oaks. Okay. Really good watch. It's about a tennis pro. It's basically the same thing as, as what a golfer does, but it's on the tennis side and it, it goes into like the members and like, it's very, very funny. And it's a lot of it's very true. That's a That's... good watch for anybody who wants to learn more about the, uh, the country club lifestyle, but a country club's a business. So, yep. um, you're essentially part of that business and it's a high a way too, because typically the golf part of it is yeah. the biggest part of it. The food and beverage, the tennis, the pool, that all people wouldn't 90% of the time people aren't going to be there if it isn't for the golf course. So yeah, it's a, it's a wild business. For sure. I mean, country club, at least in my mind, and I'm sure in a lot of other people's minds is synonymous with golf, right? Like I, I don't assume yeah. when I hear country club, I assume golf in some capacity, a golf, mm-hmm. uh, like I, I don't assume tennis. Like I, I think all that stuff's there. I'm sure there's basketball course there too, but like the, the, the one-to-one is, Oh, it's a country club. Well, that means that they play golf there. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of what it is. And, and that's how it works. And as you said, For I mean, part. it's a high, it's not just a business. It's a, high revenue business with a lot of people paying a significant amount of money to be there, especially when you get into the high end places like Sleepy Hollow, like Wingfoot, um, Baltimore Straw here in New Jersey. Uh, it's just, these places are insane and people pay a like six figures a year to just be able to golf there. So you have to make sure they're happy because if not, that's, it's a huge chunk of revenue right off the top. So it's pretty cool, man. And I, uh, I think it is awesome, you know, that you had this opportunity. And the one thing I, you, you brought up sleepy hollow and I know I've asked you this Mm -hmm. before, but never recorded, but I've been to sleepy hollow as well. Um, it was super creepy, especially at night. And I was very uncomfortable, like to the point where I refused to get it. Like at three o'clock I woke up and I was like, I'm not going to the bathroom. I'm just going to like hold this one out and I'm just going to try and get back to sleep. So is it? Oh, did you stay on property? I did stay on property one time. Um, it was the bedroom. If you go up, if you're looking, it was on the, if you're looking at the property, it was on the left side, walk up that long staircase. And it was the first room right there. It was a big room, two nice beds, bathroom and everything. But man, it was creepy in there. And I did not like it. So you got to tell me on recording, is that place haunted? Oh, um, probably. Yeah. Okay. It wouldn't shock me if it is, but it's like, <laughs> it is, but it is in like a cool way. Yeah. It's like you think of Sleepy Hollow, you think of like the legend of Sleepy Hollow, and you think of like the Headless Horseman. And actually, their logo is the Headless Horseman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. probably one of the best logos in golf. And I actually lived on property when I worked there. Um, when you pull up, there's an, like in a, a horse stable area. And I used to live, <laughs> believe it or not, next to the horse stable, yeah. um, which had a little bit of a smell, but I got used to it. And I would walk to work. And, and at night, they have no lights at that place. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was terrifying. Driving up that, that windy driveway, I was yeah. like, where am I? Am I in the but right spot, like, man? That's like the point. I think yeah. that's like the point. Like, it's like such an aurora. And like, I, I always remember there was one time, I think it was like my first year there. And I was like, I'm going to go for a jog. It's going to be great. And I like went at night. And I got, they have houses on the property too up back. And I started like running up there. And I got like halfway. And I'm like, I got to go back. Like, this is, <laughs> there's no light. Nothing. I mean, nothing up there. It's wild. It is crazy. When it's misty and stuff, and like 
But man, that place though, when you're, I don't know, were you out in the golf course at all? Uh, yeah, but it actually, it poured the entire time. So you really didn't get too far. It was unfortunate. Beautiful though. Where were you there? I was probably working. Um, no, it was probably like 2017. So I think it was right after you left, if uh, I'm not mistaken. After my, my illustrious tenure. Yeah. 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 How long well, you were there for what? Doing. How long were you there for? 2012 to 2015. Okay. So it's all yeah. three years though. And then I was a pro down here for a year at a club and then got into sales. There you go, man. Yeah. But yeah, I just think Sleepy Hollow, it's such a cool place. And it, it cool place. You, you could feel it, man. Like I, I was very confident that it was haunted. I asked all the people that worked there. I'm pretty sure they were just like, uh, you know, just pulling my chain a little bit. But um, yeah, man, it, it felt it felt weird there. And I really liked it. Yeah. But I just like, I refused to get up, especially in the middle of the night. I was just like, because my cousin has worked there multiple times. And he, he has some freaky stories. Specifically, I oh, guess yeah. there was one bedroom upstairs that he said he stayed in one bedroom once and it was uncomfortable please you're, you're excited talk talk to me there okay well there is a uh, there is a room where and this is what happened before i got there and i'm, I'm kind of telling my from what i've been told but the telephone yeah, a, yeah yeah there yeah, was yeah. like there was an employee who uh uh-huh. like he like committed suicide or something yeah. in one of the rooms and like that's probably the room he was in so that's probably, uh. probably where he got it from. Uh, there is, yeah, there's, there's some wacky stories that, I mean, I used to do, if you want a good story, yes, a good story. And this is a more of a personal story. This is nothing to do a lot with a club. But so what I used to do when I was single was I would go out in like Terry town or I'd go out in like my planes or whatever. And you know, if you met a girl, I would just be like, Hey, you know, if you've heard of it, oh, country club. Like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I've always wanted to go there. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, cool. And, <laughs> And then I would be like, um, you know, do you like horses? Yeah. Doesn't like horses. What, what female is on horses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so then I would use that as like a way to essentially get, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, well, why don't we go see the horses? So I'd just, you know, we'd go back to, and then we'd go, I'd like let them feed the horses and I'd feed the horses and stuff. And then, you know, I'd be like, oh, do you want a drink? My farmer's right here. And it was just like, it, it didn't mm-hmm. work like way too many. I had like a good yeah. little stretch where it worked. And then I actually got in trouble. Uh, the general manager was like, like you know that there's cameras, like where the horses are. And yeah, like, I, I knew. Yeah, I knew that. That's fine. I think we were just feeding the horses. They were hungry. Like, what do you want? Yeah. What do you want from me? That's funny. Like, you can't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can see. Yeah. I, if it worked for a little while though, man, it sounds like you had the, the process oh, and structure run. down and it did what it um it was intended to do, which was feed was the horses, right? Run. So. Good, good, good run. run. I, and I, I let it go. And then, you know, it was, it was very funny. It was, the GM was actually pretty cool. I was like, you know, I'm not really mad at you because it's actually kind of a brilliant idea. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, just stop doing it. And I was like, yeah. okay, that's fair. Deal. As long as no one's hurt and no one's in trouble, we're good to go. Um, very funny, dude. Awesome. So now after, as you, as you already said, you, you were at Sleepy Hollow for a couple of years and you came down here to New Jersey is what I'm assuming. Ran a country club here for a little while. Um, and then got into the sales aspect of it um mm-hmm. which came first greenside or well i know there was another golf travel company first yeah correct? i started with a different golf travel company okay. first um which i i uh, was with them for about a year almost exactly a year and then uh signature golf picked me up um gave me a little better of an offer and mm-hmm. uh so i've been with them since i'm going on about two years with them and uh they are so essentially signature golf is a a 
luxury golf travel company. So I work with um, head golf professionals at country clubs, um, assistant golf professionals, really any of the professionals at clubs, um, as well as directly with their members and partner with the country clubs in a way where I'm saying, okay, I'm here to partner with you to handle all of your member travel. Cause a lot of the members do travel to play golf and a lot of head golf professionals travel with their members. Cause number one, it's great job security um, for them because you're building those relationships, but also it's a, um, it's a good bonding uh, thing that a lot of guys do. So there's, it's a huge business. Um, our main areas where we send people are kind of the meccas of golf. So Scotland, England, Ireland, um, and then domestically, and then Caribbeans, you know, Cabo, there's, there's all these different places down to Florida. Um, and it can stem all the way from, I have groups where I simply just help them with their tea times. Um, because I have more pull or I might know people or me being a PGA member, I can kind of land people at spots that they might not be able to do on their own. Um, so I have groups where I just put, do tea times for them and they get an Airbnb somewhere and I just handle all their tea times and they can go all the way up to a group of 30, 40 people going to Scotland and we're doing, um, you know, drivers and hosts and dinners and staying at five star hotels and playing, you know, some of the most amazing golf courses you can ever imagine, uh, you know, out there in Ireland and Scotland is, is those courses are just, you know, that's where it all started. So it, it has a whole different feel. People who are like really into golf and have played a lot of golf courses, you start to learn like, different architects and how they design golf courses and how they're made and the grasses that are used. Mm-hmm. And why is this bunker here as opposed to here and just crazy things. And there's a rhyme or reason between all of it. So old school courses like that, that are overseas are just, they're so incredible. They're just, mm-hmm. they're done so well. And uh, it's really a cool thing. So I have groups that go over there and spend a week out there and go to the bars at night and play golf during the day and, go to the distilleries and go to, you know, drink Guinness. And it's a really cool thing. And then aside from that, we do, it grows from there. You have groups that go to Portugal, Spain. Uh, I have a group actually going to South Africa. We just uh, introduced to South Africa. It's like a safari um, golf experience. It's 12 days. You go to safaris, you play golf, you drink wine. It's a big couples, you know, couples trip. So it really can stem and you can go anywhere in the world. There's people who go to Iceland to golf, Italy. It's really quite wild um, just how global of a sport it is. And people who, you know, there's, there's guys who just have groups of guys. You know, you and I, if we play golf and we were buddies and we were friends for 10 years and we have other guys we've been playing golf for 10 years, these guys, I work with guys who this is like what they look forward to mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. me and my guys are going to go out. We're going to be degenerates. We're going to play a bunch of golf. It's going to be great. And it's, it's a cool business because of that. Yeah. So you're essentially a travel agent, but your focus is around the golf courses around the area of where they're going. Mm-hmm. It's a cool that, business. It is super cool. And I, I remember when you first explained it to me and it was, it was confusing, but, but awesome. And the, the more I got to know you and understand the business, I mean, it's, it's brilliant. I mean, as we've been talking about this whole time, there's so much money in golf. You know, these country clubs, these guys, again, they pay six figures to just be allowed to be a member there. It's insane. So of course that means they probably are a little more affluent, which means they're going to want to go overseas. They're going to want to go to these places. They're probably business owners. They're higher up in the corporations that they're in. They probably play a lot of golf if they're a part of a country club. Hey man, 
you haven't been to Ireland in a couple years. Why not? Let's let's I'll set it all up for you. You yeah. give us a couple extra bucks. It doesn't even matter. We'll be your concierge. We'll white glove this for you. Send you over there. We'll have everything ready. So I think it's an awesome business. I think the business model is is really cool and the way that you guys do it. Um, and so I mean, it's also really awesome that you can send people literally anywhere on planet Earth. It sounds like at this point, as long as there's a golf club and it's high enough class that people want to go to. I mean, shoot, why not have Andy send you there, right? It's true. Yeah, you can. I've had requests for the most bizarre places that you just wouldn't even consider. Now I've been doing this. This is my fourth year doing the actual travel side of things. So the first few years, you're still learning. Um, but man, when you really get into it, you, I mean, you think about it. It's just like you said, if it's as big as it is here, it's going to be big everywhere. I mean, you look at a, you look at a PJ Tour event and how many countries golfers are, are coming from. It's all over. It's not. It's definitely not just a sport that's used in one country. And it's a big, and a lot of it too, there's not just the leisure part of it. There's, it's a huge business as a part, as a, as a part of, there's guys with memberships at these country clubs who are using it for business. They're using it to bring clients out to play golf. If, if you're going to do business with me, or you're going to do business with Joe Schmo, we could be exactly the same and offer you the exact same thing. But if I say to you, hey, Let's go play. Uh, let's go play Sleepy Hollow. I'm a member there. Yep. And he doesn't have that ability. I mean, you're probably gonna do business with me over him. Yeah. And and now not only that, you get four to five hours on a golf course with no cell phone to just get to know this person, learn about. I I've done. I bring clients out now uh, to play golf and. Sometimes you're not even there to talk about business. It's just the fact that you're getting to know them in a more personal mm-hmm. level and you get to share that experience. And that goes back to what a golf pro is doing when he's going on a trip with seven of his members to Scotland for a week. That's just, it's called job security. I mean, that's, that's how you are building a business. So I have groups that I send away and that has nothing to do with guys who've known each other for 25 years and are just, it's just a yearly thing. It could just be a guy who, his company says, Hey, you know, you, you have this budget, take your, take your top clients or mm-hmm. the top people you're trying to get to be clients and go show them a week and guarantee they're going to be clients after that. They're going to be doing business with you after that. So there's, there's so many different avenues that you can take with the golf business that I don't think you can with a lot of sports. So it's, it's very interesting. And with you being an Olympic guy, golf's part of the Olympics now. Hey, look at that. Yeah. Not bad. Do you know that? Say that again. Oh, golf is part of the Olympics. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't. I don't really help any of them because they're all, you know, like professional golfers. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really, yeah. I don't really do too much with them to be honest. I would love to. I think Ricky Fowler was on the team in 2016. I think, uh, um, I, th- I don't know, maybe Jordan Spieth was there. I think um, uh, Roy McIlroy was there. Obviously not on the U.S. side, yeah. but like, there's, they're all. Oh, Bubba. I know Bubba Watson was on the team. I mean, it's yeah. awesome, and you know what they're doing. I think is cool, and it, it expands the game the game of golf, but also the Olympics. I mean, more people are going to watch if it's just, Hey, there's just another tournament that we can watch now. Right. But, uh, yeah, those yeah. aren't, unfortunately, those aren't the type of, uh, athletes that I look for. Cause I think they're going to be just fine without me, but maybe one day they're not hurting. No, they're not no, hurting. I, I think they're doing well and more power to them. They put a lot of work in and they're incredible at what they do. So I do love it, but yeah, man, it's, it's a cool thing. And I think, again, I just think what you're doing is, is so interesting. And the fact that you can, you know, as you said, you're a travel agent, but 
for a very specific group of people that want to do a very specific thing. And that's actually better. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, I, I talk to travel agents because I want to go to an awesome beach somewhere and go to some resort and that's what they can do for me. And I love it. But you know, it's, there are people out there that have done that enough times. They're in their forties or fifties and now they just want to go play all these incredible courses around planet earth. Um, and you know, Hey, you're, you're capable of doing it. I mean, what are, um, how do you look, what's, that process like I know you said like some guys it's just tea times and other guys it's this whole you know rigmarole like what exactly is the process like when when someone comes to you well first let's actually start there how do you find the clients yeah so part of it is me finding or working with golf professionals or people I already know in the business um, and using them as kind of that avenue to get in Um, and, and other times it's just proper advertisement, proper, you know, taking people's emails that you meet and, and, and keeping the word out there. And it, you could get guys who it, it's a matter of, it's a once in a lifetime thing, or it's something they do every year. And so it's like anything with sales is as you build it and as your name gets out there more and more, people start to know you for that. So I've kind of slowly gotten to the point now where golf professionals and people in this area just, you know, we're in New Jersey, so everybody's got to have a guy, right? Um, I, I feel like I'm starting to become like the travel guy to a lot of golfers, and that's great because then I don't have to be out there as much hustling. But, um, you know, sometimes it's as simple as some of my buddies who are head golf professionals at high-end country clubs will just simply shoot me an email and say, hey, this uh, so-and-so came into the shop. He was uh, asking me about Scotland and, um, you know, can you take care of them? And it, it, sometimes it'd be as simple as that. Other times it's just people that I've maybe just known for years of being in the business. Um, and just growing your name, doing networking events, doing everything you can to get in front of people. Cause most likely a lot of people golf and, and everybody who golfs loves to talk about golf. Yes. They love to talk to a PGA member. So if you can just get them talking about it, usually, it might not lead to something right then and there and it might not lead to anything ever, but that guy might know somebody exactly yep. who goes on a trip every year or is looking to go on a trip. And that's just, it's just like anything. It's exactly like with, with what you do. It's just a matter of getting out there and getting in front of people and having them know what you do. And that's pretty much how it's grown, you know, to where it is. And it's still a hustle. I mean, I'm still out there grinding away, but the actual process is kind of interesting. And I think the people who do this, they think of it as a normal travel thing where I want to go these dates, let's go. And they don't really see, and this is what I run into a lot. They don't understand so much that there's a lot of availability issues because you're not just booking a hotel. You're, you're booking tea times. So if um, you wanted to play Royal County down, which is the number one golf course in the world, you can't reach out to me three months before you want to go and say you want to play there. Cause that place is booked. And if there's no tea times, there's nothing I could do for you. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, so with the golf travel, if you want to play certain spots, St. Andrews, you know, Royal County down, certain spots you have to plan so ridiculously far out in advance sometimes. And that's probably the biggest hindrance that I run into is people who just don't simply understand that. And it's not against anything against them, but they don't understand that and they don't plan properly. Um, and I'm bringing this up because I had a guy who I got in touch with yesterday who actually apologized to me, said, 
I'm sorry that we're planning this so far out in advance. And I was floored by that. I was like, I wish everybody <laughs> did this. Like, this, you're not doing anything wrong. You're actually doing everything right. Yep. Because now I can not only get you tea times, but I can get you good tea times. Mm -hmm. So you're not teeing off. I had groups of tea off at like 4 p.m. at some spots. And I was like, why am I getting up at 4 p.m.? Like, because you booked it three months ago. You should be happy we even are playing the golf. Yep, right. So you yeah. do fight that part of it, which is which is, is the hardest part about it, for sure. Because yeah. there's no, if there's no tea times, there's, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> yeah, you, and you make a good point, and that's again not being a, a you know a golfer. I, I understand obviously how tea times work. I've been to courses and everything, and not really kind of considering that aspect of it. Yeah, it, it seems like more of a travel gig, but really in reality, it's there's a lot more that goes into it. You're not just booking oh, a hotel or so flights. Nice. It's it's the tea times. It's everything that's involved there. Um, and I'm assuming, tell me if I'm wrong, but if people go places, it's if they go there for a week, they're not just playing golf one time. I have to assume they're trying to go to multiple courses. They're either trying to play the same course a couple of times. Maybe there's an East and a West kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that just makes it even more difficult. So, but thanks to that guy for doing it. So how far in advance exactly is he, is he uh, scheduling this? May of 2021. Wow. Okay. Yeah, there yeah. you go. That's awesome. And he yeah. probably got everything that they're looking for then. They probably got the best times. Oh, he they, yeah. yeah, he will. That's awesome. And, and that's and that's the most ridiculous thing is he was like, ah, oh, you know, we're kind of jumping the gun. I'm like, you're not jumping the gun. This is great. Because I had a group that booked, um, no, uh, November and December of last year for a trip that's October of 2021. So it was almost two years. Two years. Yeah. Yeah. But they're probably getting they the best. St. Andrews. They wanted Mirfield. They wanted courses. Cause some of these courses too, that are overseas, you have, I mean, I could go on forever, but some of these courses are, they're actually member, they're privately owned uh, golf courses where you can only, they might only be open to the public one or two days a week. Mm. So if it's a club at the top 20 golf course in the world and they're only open two days a week to the public, there's not a lot of tee times that are floating around. So it, it's really, it's an interesting business because the earlier you plan, unless you just have dumb money and you don't care, you pretty much have to plan it very, very early. And it, it, that's easily the hardest part of my job for sure. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that, yeah. That's a really interesting part that you bring up. I think that's pretty cool. And, and you also brought up uh, a couple other things, um, the process on how to get to people it's sales, right? So it's relationships and you're doing high price sales. This isn't like, you know, we're selling yeah. you know, not nothing against people that sell printers, but it's not quite the same thing you're selling. I'm assuming some of these range and easy five figures, if not higher in, in occasion, on occasion, especially when you're talking about some of these other places, um, especially because of the, the, uh, the breadth of what you guys do. I'm assuming it's okay. We'll get your plane. You got your hotel, you got your this, that, and the other thing. Um, so these, these can get pretty expensive. So it is very relationship based and that's awesome that you've become the golf, the golf travel guy, um, in the area, you know, hopefully, Fine. you know, we yeah <laughs> keep doing whatever you're doing, man, because that seems like it's going to be a pretty great, uh, pretty great thing, especially moving forward now that you got a baby on the way and, you know, college and all that stuff. We heard what Steven said. Steven's a mutual friend of ours. And he said he spent almost a million dollars on, uh, on education, which is incredible. Like, so just wait till you're a dad and in a, in a few years when I'm a dad and then plus 18, how expensive college is going to be then. Um, start saving now. Uh, but so with that, so the, the networking part, the hustle is absolutely still there and you got to grind a lot. But another thing that you said that was really interesting, we've kind of been talking about this as if it's 
okay, these are, these are people that do this regularly. These are the guys that go out. But you said sometimes this is the once in a lifetime experience mm-hmm. for some people. How do you make sure in all of these situations that you're really like understanding, like, as you said, you have some guys, it's like, all right, I got you tea time guys. Like, this is cool. We know what we're doing. But in other situations, how do you really make sure that that once in a lifetime experience is really captured and done as well as you possibly can? Yeah, you get, you do get those and it, and it makes sense. I mean, you get people who maybe aren't, able to to spend the money to do something like this yeah i feel like there's a lot of people that yeah that want to do something like saint andrews and these other courses but obviously it's it's a it's a it's it's a one percent thing like not everybody can go out and do that when you think of you know really any sport or hobby or anything there's there's probably uh, like a mecca for each of those there's a place where you're going or everybody wants to go and it's like you just you got to do it once so like typically that's like a scotland ireland type of deal so St. Andrews is obviously the uh, the home of golf. It's the first golf course. It's, you know, it is what it is. So I get a lot of people who are like, you know, I'm, I just, it's my 50th birthday or yeah. uh, uh, my son's going away. I get, I get a lot of like, you know, uh, my son's going away to college and, and, you know, him and I play golf together all the time and I want to bring him out to, to St. That's Andrews cool. To, yeah. To do this before he runs off to school and I never see him again. So, <laughs> You get you get a lot of those and, and it, yeah it's it's a little bit different of a of a of a bird because they're 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 also actually probably the best clients honestly. Oh my gosh, yeah. Exactly. They're not expecting like they don't exactly know what like it's it's just everything's just like wow oh my god where Jamie got guys have been a thousand places already they kind of expect a little bit more so um, but yeah we just our company does. I've taken trips with them, like which is easily the best part of my job is that I get to travel and it's like anything, right? If you sell shoes, you gotta know the shoes. You yeah. have to be able to try them on and get Absolutely. them. But like for me, it's like, well, I sell travel, so I need to go see these places. Like that's the best part because my company will send me out there, you know, once a year to go to these golf courses, go to these hotels and get a feel for them. Cause then for me to be able to sell it at that point, it's hard to sell a trip to Scotland. I've never been there. You know, what am I going to know? I'm just Googling it going, yeah, well, it's got great reviews. On Google, <laughs> so and whereas if I can actually go out there and be like, Oh, this, this one golf course is amazing. You should see the views. We, you know, we did this, we did that. And it just, it, it makes it so much better. So a lot of times you're working with like once in a lifetime groups, you can really hype them up and get them excited about it. Cause you've been there and you've seen it and you've done it. So uh, that's, you know, that's a good part about my job. I do get to travel a little bit and, and usually it'll pay. So yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And I I just think it's so cool that you can, uh, especially because you love the game of golf. Obviously, as we've been talking about so much, um, you can have those experiences, and you can help other people with those experiences that are, you know, maybe to some people it's a little more regular, uh, but to others it is truly like that's something they're going to remember for the rest of their life, literally. Um, You know, and it's cool being able to impact people like that. I I think it's. uh, I think you got a pretty cool gig going on there, Andy. I think you got a pretty cool gig. Um, I try. So, yeah. Try. Hey, man, it's working. Whatever you're doing. Um, so then the other side of your, I don't know, your brain, your your reality My is life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The other side of your life. Um, you own a business as well, Greenside Experiences, and this is where you do a lot of memorabilia and you raise money for charities and auctions of that sort. So, um, 
tell me, tell me exactly what helped you. Cause if I'm not mistaken, those two started relatively close to each other, right? Yeah. I, it was actually when I left my first uh, travel job when I, you know, when I started with signature golf. So kind of an interesting way it happened, but for a little while when I was still figuring out what I was selling and what I was doing. And basically my first couple of years in sales, I was independent and I was just doing anything I could to make money. Like I was doing, I was walking dogs. I mean, I was doing everything. And one of them was, um, I was repping for a company that sold Arnold Palmer uh, memorabilia. And at the time he had just passed away. Mm -hmm. It was like, I was using my golf contact and I was selling this stuff like, crazy because it was just you know it's kind of easy to sell when you say to somebody do you like Arnold Palmer yeah I do okay well he's not signing anything anymore so yeah bought one mm-hmm. like he's probably do it now yeah um and so I was selling all this stuff and then and I was using that along with the golf travel stuff and I was going to charity events golf events that maybe I'd worked with in the past when I was a pro and just saying you know, why don't you raffle this off? Why don't you do an auction with this stuff? I'll give you a, a two-person trip to Streamsong Resort. You know, use this and sell raffle tickets and give it away. And just anything I could do to make a sale, essentially. And um, when I transitioned into Singapore, I kind of like, I built this bit of a following. And I kind of built these connections. So I don't want to get rid of that. And so I just ran with it. I started my own company. And actually, it's funny because I started the own my own LLC is a tax thing originally mm-hmm. <laughs> for being honest. I was Smart like, man. Oh, no. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Everybody should do it. LLC yourself, man. I don't know why more people don't do it. I, I know it's crazy. And uh, so I did that. And then I was like, wow, yeah, maybe I'll, you know, the, the client reaches out to me and I'm like, yeah, I'll help them out. Why not? It makes a few bucks. And then I just started running with it. And it, it's blown up to the point now where I do 30 or 40 events a year. I do mostly silent auctions. Um, but like I said, I do, uh, do a lot of travel. I use my golf travel and I also have um, vendors that I sell other trips for like, you know, non-golf like Tuscany, Italy or mm-hmm. Napa Valley, whatever it might be. Um, and I use these things, either silent auctions or raffles typically or live auctions. And I give them to charities on a not uh, on a confinement basis. So it's a non-risk. You can't lose money. I bring everything in. If, 10 things sell and maybe the charities cut in 25%. I send them a check for, I'll take the payments. I go to the event, I set everything up. I'll take the payments and I'll send the charity a check for, you know, whatever it might be a thousand, two thousand dollars And conversely, if nothing sells, they don't lose money. They can't lose money. So um, for a lot of events, it, it's kind of a no brainer. And, for other events, it could just be, you know, maybe it's a charity that's been going on for 25 years and they just are running out of mm-hmm. ideas or running out of uh, donated items or it's the same stuff every year. And I might just come in and do a couple things, um, but it's expanded to the point where, like I said, I'm doing 30 or 40 events a year and it's not just Arnold Palmer stuff. It's not just golf stuff. It's, I'm looking, I'm in my office right now. I got giant stuff, Yankee stuff. I got Jersey signed. I got Eagle stuff. It's, uh, you know, entertainment stuff. I got a Scarface thing in here somewhere. <laughs> um, it, it's it's anything you can imagine. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of blown up into that portion to to where I think up until this point, I started it in June of 2018. I think going into this year, I was up to like 
I think I helped raise like somewhere between sixty-five and seventy thousand dollars. That's awesome uh, for various charities and and not-for-profits. Um, so it's it's been it's fun, you know. And and I'm kind of a nerd, and I kind of like the memorabilia stuff. I always mm-hmm. have since I was a kid. So it's like I kind of like it's kind of a hobby that I turned into yeah. a little bit of a of a business. But um, and it all ties into what I do with the golf business because I I use a lot of my golf clients to get into these events and I do use the golf travel. I was going to uh, say, you just the auctions as well. sell the golf travel there, right? Till yeah. two birds with one stone. Double dipping. Yeah. Not yeah. bad. Double pretty, dipping, baby. Pretty smart. Way to do it. I love yeah. it. I love it. So with like, I, I was always, I'm always curious. Do you, so have you bought everything beforehand? So all of those things are technically owned by you. So they're yours. You have them. And if you sell them, you sell them. If not, are you kind of like, you just get to look at them some more? Like, how does that work? Yeah, yeah. If there's one really super downside to it, it's the fact that I, if I make dumb purchases and I buy something that I'm like, oh, that's going to sell, that's popular, and then it just doesn't, you're kind of stuck with it. Yeah. Um, so it's a good thing I just got a house because um, for a while, I, my voice was faint because we I had piles of stuff just like in our bedroom of uh-huh. our one bedroom apartment, and it was just like, oh my lord. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would say 80% of, of the stuff I'm using, I own. Uh, I do have some guys that I rep for who will basically give it to me at a net rate, and I just mark up a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. make as much, but I'm not stuck with it. If it exactly, it yeah, yeah. Bears. Um, and so I do that more so for, like, the bigger ticket items. So I'm not coming out. Because if I bought everything, like, every single thing, and – through the course of a year, you're going to be stuck with a lot of stuff. And it's not that any of the stuff is really bad. It's just like, yeah. maybe you just, it just isn't your audience or, or whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, like right now, I you know, I have a pile of stuff over in the corner and then I got three other boxes and another room of, of stuff. But this time of year, it, it's slow this time of year. It's an interesting thing because my, the way my businesses work in the winter, the travel stuff is actually uh, busier. And then in the summer, the auctions and the charity stuff is is bigger. So it kind of uh, is a uh, balances out. Balances itself out pretty nice. Yeah. That is pretty cool, man. I think, you know, again, like being able to also raise charity, doing something that you do, doing something that you love. I think it is pretty darn cool how you've been able to kind of combine these two uh, aspects of, you know, everything that you've done. So it sounds like with the Greenside experiences, a lot of it, has been has come through your connections has come through the people you already know that are dealing with the charities that are are people that are part of these organizations in some way and they say hey like as you said there's zero risk to them you come in you set up you do everything and then they uh you know if they make money they make money if not hey you know hopefully you had a good time right yeah 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 and i don't charge anything to be there so it's it's and the way that that business has grown especially and this goes for anybody who's in it just goes back to what we're saying about sales is just getting out there is that if I'm typically when I'm at an event, I always offer to be there because I could go to an event and tell nothing, but you're probably going to meet somebody mm-hmm. who goes, Oh, explain this to me. And I'll explain it to them. They go, you know, I'm on the board of whatever yep. charity or I run this event or I'm part of this. And then at the next thing you know, you're doing their event. So it, it does, that is basically like, I don't do really any advertisement at all for my charity stuff and my, my own company, Greenside. It's very, um, 
very word of mouth, very referral based. And, and that's usually how that, but that's actually 95% how that business has grown. Just mm-hmm. going to an event, you meet somebody and then you end up doing their event. And, yep. uh, or you do these networking events and because everybody, especially this area, everybody's involved in some sort of not-for-profit. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it kind of, and if you're just a good person who just does a good job and works hard and tries their best and you're not trying to screw them over, you're not trying yeah. to use them as a way for yourself to make money, but you know, and, and it's not for me, for me, this is, this is my side thing. So, I always say to people, listen, I'm here to help you make money. Obviously I do make some money here, but you know, I'm not here to screw you over. I'm here to, you know, the goal is that you raise as much money as possible. So, mm-hmm. because in hindsight, if you raise more money, I end up making more money too. So it's, it's a win-win for everybody. Exactly. So, um, and I truly mean that because it's, I figure I can, if, if I've done any wrong in my life. Maybe that's why <laughs> this, will help, this will help balance things out a little your, bit. Your GM from Sleepy Hollow is like, all right, he's turns out he's a pretty good guy. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Good stuff, man. Um, so I guess moving forward with the combination of the three kind of aspects, where the middle of that Venn diagram, what does that look like? The PGA golf pro, the guy who runs this charity organization, the guy who does the, um, you know, the golf travel, I feel like there is like that little, there's that Venn diagram and there's something in the middle there. I mean, what's your, what's your vision looking forward? What are you, what are you trying? Is there anything you're trying to obtain? Are you just trying to make it through the first two months of owning a house like unscathed? Like what exactly are you trying to, (laughs) what exactly like moving forward? uh, Are you, are you looking to try and get into if, if anything at all? You know, that's, that's the question of the night because um, truly up until this point until you know i just bought a house and we you know we have a, a kid on the way my goal was just to do whatever i could to make some money <laughs> yeah. that is that sounds because i knew our goal was to buy a house i knew our goal you know i got married uh august of last year so basically in a six month span i got married bought a house and we're pregnant so for a while i had to take the route of i just want to make money because i know big things are coming mm-hmm. um now that things are starting to take shape a little bit I've actually wondered this exact same thing. It's kind of, okay, so now what's, what's the next step going to be? Where, where do I go from here? And I think that, um, I think this year is going to be, a, a, is it going to be a big sign for that? Because if one of my, let's say the golf travel stuff just blows up, what do I do with the other stuff? Or if it's the other way around, I feel like that's going to be the balance that I, I'm probably going to, need to figure out mm-hmm. um probably you know it's, it's probably going to be this this year because i imagine what's going to happen is we're going to have a kid priorities are going to change a little bit um you know you're not going to be as big of a workaholic you're going to have other things in your life that are more important and then you got to figure it out okay what what's the next step what do i do where i'm still making money and i'm happy and everything's good and and also i can live a little bit of a life because before it was just work 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 work, trying to make as much as you can uh and now things are shifting a little bit so it'll Mm -hmm. be interesting to see that's a great question and i truly don't have an answer at this point. hey yeah not everybody does yeah man i I hope hope you do too and if i I guess i'm (laughs) the next time we do this absolutely man i would love it um for I guess, I don't know if it's jealousy or just kind of envious. I really hope it's the golf travel thing that just kind of absolutely explodes. I'm sure your wife would probably prefer you to be stateside more often than not. But I mean, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And, you know, 
Exactly. Yeah, I, you know, I have people who uh, I, I sell for memorabilia and who are in the charity field that I've had conversations with that I trust. And I've said, listen, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but if, if I'm able, if I'm going one way or, and, and I can't keep up with what I'm doing on my side business, you know, I would probably start to bring the yeah. partner in more and have them uh, handle some of my clients so that I'm not losing it and I'm not ditching people. Um, but I'm also not completely bogged down with, with it as well. So yeah, it's, exactly. it's very interesting to see how this goes. Um, this year is going to be a really, a really interesting uh, dynamic, especially with a kid coming along. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, man. Well, I'm, I wish you luck and I'm probably, I mean, I'm going to see you twice a month at a minimum. So this was fun. Thank you so much. Sure. Andy Bolazak. This was fantastic. PGA golf pro owner of Greenside experiences, sales director at signature golf. Really appreciate your time today, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Can't wait for the next one. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and all the episodes of for the love of sports. Um, on a personal note, I would really like to say thank you and, and sincerely, sincerely mean that. This is the actual favorite thing that I get to do. Just talk to incredible people, have great conversations, and I learn, and hopefully you're learning something, and hopefully we can laugh along the way. So if you could please give this a five-star review, if you could please share this, um, subscribe to it, do whatever you have to do. The more people that do that, the more these stories and these conversations get out, and I'm really hoping that one day, um, one day soon, this will be something that I get to do as a full-time job um, on top of my other full-time job, of course. But this is an absolute blast. Sincerely appreciate it. Check the show notes for all social media handles. Anything that came from the episode, we'll have everything down there. And I hope you really did enjoy it. So if there's anything I can do better, please make sure to reach out. Uh, my email address, michael.raziel1 at gmail. Please make sure to check me out on LinkedIn, uh, on Instagram, and, and just reach out because I'm willing to answer any questions. And hey, if you got a cool story, I'd love to have you on as well. So thank you so much. Sincerely appreciate it and I hope you make it a wonderful day.